Heavenly Father, we thank you because your word says in Romans chapter 8 that we are convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. In the name of Jesus, neither heights above, nor depths below, nor angels, nor demons, nor the very gates of hell itself can stand in between us and you, God. And we give you praise for that tonight, Lord. We thank you because you are a God who loves, and you love hard, God. You don't just give us a little bit. You love without inhibition, God. You love recklessly, and you love recklessly enough to meet us here tonight, God. And we give you all honor, all glory, and all praise for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, will we lift up a shout of praise? Come on, isn't our God good? How he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. One more time. Man, lift up a shout, church. Come on. Oh, man. Oh, Heavenly Father, once again, we just give you thanks. All the honor, God. All the glory, God. Because your love meets us here, God. Your love provides. Your love gives. And it never runs out, God. Your love will never give up on us, God. It will never give out on us, God. And it will never give in to us, God. Your, God, your love is perfect, God. You are love says your word, God, and we thank you for that in this place tonight. It's in your precious and holy name we pray and give thanks. Amen and amen. Church, why don't we greet one another as worship comes to an end tonight? Come on. All right, all right. How we doing, church? Man, we're social tonight, huh? The Spirit of God is here, huh? <laughs> man, that's great. That's great. I think it's so beautiful to see, man. When God shows up, not only does he fill us up and connect us to him, but he really draws in together. This is beautiful. It's beautiful, church. All right. Well, as we find our ways back to our seats, we got a couple of announcements for you guys real quick. Uh, first of all, if you guys haven't heard, we've got so many classes going on, man. If you're ready to bring your faith to a new level, whether you've been saved for longer than I've been alive or whether you're new to the faith, uh, we've got the New Believers class at 11 a.m. every Sunday in room 106. That's a room right over here. So if you are maybe new to the faith and just want to dive a little deeper, that's a class for you every Sunday at 11 a.m., the room right across the way over there, 106. We've also got Fortify Your Spiritual Strength. 
uh, in uh, room 102 every Sunday at 9 a.m. That's another amazing, amazing class. Great for anyone, whether, again, you've been saved your whole life or you're new to the faith. We've got so many things going on. Discipleship class, Sundays from 11 a.m. to noon with uh, Pastor Sonia Cleveland in room 103. And, uh, and of course, for more info on all of our classes, you can visit our Connect booth right out in the mall and get more information there. Also, we've got food distribution happening um, is it this Friday, Pastor? This Friday at 10.30 a.m. Oh, it starts at noon if you're here for, if you're going to come for food or get the word out for food. Uh, it's, that starts right at noon. If you want to volunteer, which we would highly encourage you to, it's always a fantastic event, our food distribution, because people come from all over the community to meet right here. And we see the gospel presented by our giving there in a very explicit way, and it's so beautiful to see. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, be here at 10.30 a.m., this Friday for food distribution. It's always just such an amazing thing to do, connecting with our community and serving. And on top of that, we've got Vacation Bible School coming up this month. Y'all excited for that one? Yeah. That one, it's such an impactful, it's such an impactful event for, for children. It starts on July 24th all the way through July 28th. Um, register your child online, nbcabq.com forward slash events. And if you have any more questions about that, you can talk to me. You can talk to Pastor Mike, Pastor Richard, Jessica, Pastor Cindy, all of us. We'd be happy to help you and direct you to how to get more information, how to get more plugged in. And, of course, church, we want to give you another big thanks for all your continuous faithfulness in your tithes and offerings. Uh, with, without your support, we wouldn't be able to do any of these things that we offer for our community here at New Beginnings. And so don't forget, we've got our tithing boxes located in every corner of the sanctuary, as well as text to give, as well as NBCABQ as, as our app and NBCABQ.com forward slash give. And we've got just so many other things going on at the church. And again, if you want to get more information on what's going on here at the church, uh, visit our Connect booth right out in the mall, our info booth right out there. Uh, we'll have all the information that you need. And also you can check out our website, NBCABQ.com. And, yeah, well, that's all of our announcements for this evening. So why don't we welcome Pastor Richie to the stage? <laughs> you guys are always so kind. <laughs> I love you guys. Hey, youth, uh, sixth grade to 12th grade, be dismissed. Follow Dave out to uh, the youth class. You guys are amazing. Give it up for these young leaders. No telling what these kids are going to be, man. We got some doctors and lawyers and executives and pastors and missionaries and uh, church leaders and school leaders. And man, just amazing thing. Hey, don't forget the last Sunday of this month is Baptism Sunday. So if you haven't been baptized, make sure you sign up. And uh, also, we have a meet the pastor. Some people go, who's your wife? And Who's your husband? Can my wife ask her? And on and on. That way you get to know who we are and all about us. Guys, uh, I'm doing this sermon series called Flip the House. And I told you what it's about. Uh, there's a TV show that I came across one day, and it's called Flip the House. And what they were talking about is these people that look for houses that at one time, they were absolutely brilliant and gorgeous and amazing. And through the years, the house... Uh, they got, was neglected, and uh, they, they, they just did cheap patch-up work. And next thing you know, the house is dilapidated. It's not valued anymore at what it used to be valued at, and it's not up to date with the things it needs to be up to date with, and it's not 
cared for in the way it needs to be cared for. And when I saw that program, you know what I said? That'll preach. Because our household needs to be flipped. We neglect it sometimes, and we just patch it up with cheap little stuff. We go on a quick date and say, okay, I took you out on a date, now get off my back. How romantic that is, you know? And our kids are running wild, and the, the house just needs to be attended to. And so we want to flip the house. We want to turn it completely over. We want to make it new. And today what I want to talk about is opening the door to a happy home. What do they say? Have a happy wife, have a happy life. But there's a lot of truth to that. But, but it's not just the wife. Man, we want a happy husband. We want happy children. We want happy parents. We want a family that's full of joy and laughter. A family that actually likes each other. Not just loves each other. Do we love each other? Of course we love her. I love her. All right, I love her. Boy, that sounds so convincing. I love him already. Oh, wow. Oh, how romantic. (laughs) But I mean where you actually like each other. And you know how to laugh together. When's the last time you've had laughter in your household? When's the last time you've had joy in your household? When's the last time you've celebrated your household? That you've really enjoyed what God is doing? So in the book of Ephesians, if you have your Bibles, I'm in Ephesians chapter 5. And in Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 21 through 28, these next nine verses say, and further, it's talking about the family here. Submit to one another. So it's saying, husbands, submit to your wife. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, submit to your parents. Parents, submit to your children. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. It doesn't mean be a doormat. It doesn't mean be a slave. Oh, yes, master, whatever you say, husband. Uh, That's not what it's saying. It says, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body, the church. And as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives. Love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. To make her holy and clean. Washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually loves, shows love for himself. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, it says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Lord, help us to understand how to truly enjoy a happy home. 
and how to open doors to that. That we open doors to a happy home, open doors to love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Father God, that we live it out to the glory of God, and I pray this in Christ's name, amen. So saying, wives, you need to submit as to the Lord. If Jesus Christ appeared right now, I doubt that you would give Jesus an attitude. I don't think you'd say, oh, yeah, Jesus, get it yourself. (laughs) And men, he says, love your wife as Jesus loves the church. Jesus has never abused the church, mistreated the church, bossed the church around in an ugly way. He's always led the church with love, care, and tenderness and kindness for the blessing and prosperity of the household. So he's telling us how to really live. And he's saying, if you guys live like this, you're going to have such amazing harmony and you're going to have such amazing joy and there's going to be such an amazing blessing that you know what? You're actually going to have a happy home. You're going to have a home where you're going to have laughter and joy and peace and you're going to be able to be happy to be there. Instead of saying, I'd rather stay at work. Oh my gosh, I got to go home to her, to him, to them. Ugh. But instead you go, man, I can't wait to go home. Can't wait to be with my family. Can't wait to be in their presence. So number one, if we're going to open the door, we need to open the door to a healthy view of home life humility. Of truly home life humility. humility. What does that look like? What does humility really look like? How does it play out? How does it appear in our lives and in the lives of our relationships and in the life of our home? We humble ourselves. Humility is a form of saying, I can't do it on my own. I need help. Humility is a way of saying, God, I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. Have you as a husband ever been approached by your wife or your children and say, hun, what are we going to do? Dad, what are we going to do? And you're going, I don't have a clue, man. But you don't want to say that, so you go, well, I think what we need to do. That's when I just bear down and say, you know what? We need to seek God. We need to seek God as a family because we need God's direction. We need God's instruction. We need God's hand over us. We need God's peace. We need to seek God because I want to make sure we do his will and not mine. See, you humble yourself. You admit that you need a higher power, and that higher power for a Christian is Jesus Christ. We call upon our Father, and we call upon him in the name of Jesus, and we say, I need you. I'm not embarrassed to say, I need you. Your husband doesn't have all the answers. Your mom doesn't have all the answers. Your dad doesn't have all the answers. Your children don't have all the answers. Sometimes we've got to just plain straight out admit we don't have it all together. Have you ever really said that? Man, I really have on many occasions. There's been times that, man, haven't you ever been to that place where you needed money and you did not have a penny to your name? Man, there was time, one time I needed $100 by the end of the day and I'm driving down the road and I had just picked up my kids at school and I go, kids, mom and dad, we, we need $100 by the end of the day. And that's already 2.30. And the mailman doesn't deliver after five. 
So we need to pray. And we prayed. And I'm driving down the road. I didn't close my eyes. I kept my eyes open, but I prayed. <laughs> Sometimes you think you have to close your eyes to pray. Don't do it when you're driving. And I was there praying. My kids are praying. They go, Dad, do you really think God will answer prayer? I go, he always has. He's always met our need. He promises to meet our need according to his riches, which are in Christ Jesus. Jesus' bank account is never on empty. He has an abundance. He has enough for me and you and all of us put together and everyone watching online. He's got enough for all of us. Have you ever been like me where you check your bank account every day? First thing in the morning, do I have money? Thank you, Lord. I still have money. Have you ever been down to like $2.18? My grandson the other day told me, Grandpa, I have cash app. I go, oh, that's awesome, son. How much do you have in there? He goes, I have 18 cents. I go, wow, wow. But hear me, haven't you ever been there? And all of a sudden, we got to where we needed to go, and I went straight to the mailbox, and my kids ran there first. And they go, Dad, can we open the mailbox? And I go, absolutely. And guess what they said? Dad, you got something that looks like a check. And I go, that's a bill. But then we opened another envelope from somebody I didn't know, someone I didn't know, I didn't know from another city I had never been to. And they said, someone told me about your ministry. And they had sent that check four days earlier for $100. And it got there the day I needed it from someone I did not know, I had never met. I couldn't take credit for it. I couldn't say, hey, I called up my friend to give me a little hookup, give me a little advance, help me out. No, this was total dependence on God. I want you to know to this day, my kids know how to pray and trust God because we taught them how to humble ourselves and admit we don't have it all together. (coughs) Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Paul is writing from prison says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. In other words, you know what? Be humble. You're not all that. And you might think you're all that, but guess what? You're full of a lot of other stuff, too. (laughs) You're full of yourself. You're full of your attitude. You're full of your arrogance. You're full of you. And God wants you to be filled with him. Less of you and more of him. So humility is saying, God, empty me. Empty me because I'm trying, God. I'm trying. I unplugged it and it's coming out slow. Empty me and fill me with you so that the glory of God might be seen in me. The radiance of God might be expressed from me. That literally when you walk in, people go, You're a Christian, huh? They might not even be Christians, but they know you are. They might not even believe in God, but they know you do. 
And not because you walk in there, glory to God, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen, I'm a Christian, good boss by the blood of the Lamb, glory to God, amen, and all of you all that don't have Jesus are going to go to hell, so I hope you turn to the Lord. Oh my gosh, please don't enter a room like that. But you walk in with joy. You walk in just going, hey, how are you all? How are you doing? God bless you. How are you doing? How have you been? And we need to radiate humility. It's all of him and less of us. The second thing we need to do is we need to open the door by taking the initiative and help, being helpful. If you want a home filled with joy, you want a happy home, start helping out. For goodness sakes, you help everyone else out, but you don't help at home. Have your kids ever spent the night at someone's house and those people tell you, oh my gosh, your son is the most helpful guy. Your daughter is amazing. They cleaned up the room. They made the bed. They helped us wash the dishes. They threw the trash and you're going, which kid? Are you sure you're talking about my son? My daughter? Wow. And you're like, well, thank God they learned something to do something right at somebody else's house. So when they get to your house, say, pretend you're still over there. They don't do it at your house, but you know what? Why are we not helpful? We're not helpful. We don't help out our mom. We don't help our dad. We don't help our husband. We don't help our wife. Sometimes you're unloading groceries and you're coming to the door like this and Sometimes they ask you if you need help. I don't need help. I'm fine. Shut up. Yes, you do. Here, yes, help me. Here, grab one of these bags. I got it. I got it. I got it. Why didn't you take me? Why didn't you grab a bag? Didn't you see my hands were full? Well, yeah, you said not to help you. Like, be helpful. Just go out of your way. Just say, hey, let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. Let me get the door for you. Let me, let me be kind. Let me show kindness. We don't need lessons on kindness because everyone wants to be treated with kindness. So that's why Jesus says in the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. He says, do unto others as you had them do unto you. But we have it all wrong. We say, do it to them before they do it to you. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, be kind, be helpful, help each other out. Look what it says in the book of Exodus, chapter 23, verse 5. If you see that the donkey of someone who hates you has collapsed under its load, do you walk by? No, instead, stop and help. Sometimes the donkey is us. We're the donkey. We're dumb as a mule. Whether I can do it, 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 and finally you collapse. And you walk past and you go, oh, he's tonto, you never should, you should have, you should have asked for help. And they're all, got all this load on them. Don't just walk by and give them advice. Stop and help. Do something. Do something to help. Take the load off. How can I help you, donkey? 
I'm dumb. Uh, yes, I am. Uh, I'm not humble. Uh, I think I could do it all by myself. Uh. Thank God we don't have any donkeys in the house. Please don't point them out. <laughs> you guys are like Shrek right now. Donkey. <laughs> there comes your husband. <laughs> Here comes your wife. <laughs> Your mom and dad, your son or daughter. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with us? I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. I can carry the load, I can carry the load. He says, man, if your donkey collapses, stop and help. And if he's concerned about an animal, don't you think he's a lot more concerned about us? But we don't help. We don't help. We help eat the food. We might even help pray for the food. Sometimes we don't even do that. They go, would you like to pray for the food? Oh, come on. God, why, why would you not want to talk to God? Like, who are you talking to? My boyfriend. Who are you texting? My girlfriend. You can't shut up with him, but you can't talk to God. I sat down with a bunch of ministers one time, and they had brought the food out, and we hadn't prayed yet. And I'll never forget this. One guy grabbed the French fry and he ate it. And they go, oh, he ate first. He's got to pray. He's got to pray. Like, man, I don't have a problem praying. I love to pray. Now, one thing I learned about eating and praying, you don't pray for the pygmies in Africa. and You, you pray for the food. <laughs> God, and help us be better people and help us. No, that's at a, that's at a, a prayer meeting. Let's just pray for the food, but don't don't get ridiculous either. Pray for real. Say, God, you know what? Look, I don't know if you guys have ever been hungry. I don't know if you've ever been without food. And I'll be honest with you. I, I've never worked at a restaurant. Just one day, I was helping a politician at a fundraiser, and I was serving tables at a fundraiser dinner. And I was going back there, and, and I was going to the kitchen, and I saw some of the things that happened in the kitchen. Now, it wasn't like anyone was doing anything gross. I mean, they weren't spitting in the food or stuff like that, but, but sometimes a few articles fell on the floor, and they did the five-second rule. <laughs> and they just picked up the broccoli, went like that, and put it back on the plate. And I was like, my, my, my. I'm definitely blessing the food when I pray. And ever since then, I really do. I pray for the food. And I pray because I don't know what they've done to my food. I don't know how they've treated it or mistreated it. So I say, God, bless this food and let it truly be for the nourishment of our body. And God, keep us healthy. Like, see, we don't pray so serious when it's food that we're accustomed to. Oh, well, I go to Blake's all the time. I go, I go to Bob's Burger all the time. I trust them. So we pray different. Because we don't think we need the help. But man, when I was in Africa, and they had food there that I had no idea what it was, I said, oh, God, don't let me die. And I never asked them what I was eating. I was afraid. I asked them afterwards. Monkey brains are not that bad. 
I don't think I would have eaten that on the front end. But hey, after you eat it, you know, okay. But you know what? I sought God's help because I knew I needed it. Be a helper. Help people out. Take the initiative to go alongside of someone and say, let me help you with that. Let me help you. Let me carry that for you. And, and, and use wisdom how you do it. If you want to help someone at a grocery store in a parking lot, don't just run up there and they're going to think it's going to be a grab and go, man. No, I really mean that. Look, I'm an old man and I still go up there and I go, hey, I don't want to start over you. Let me just help you with that. I'll, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to put them in the trunk. You don't need to be looking. And they look at me like, I hope you don't hurt me. I hope you let me die. You're a big guy, and I hope you don't eat people for a living. <laughs> and I load it in the trunk of their car, and then I take their cart back. And they're like, thank you. Like, man, we didn't expect that from a guy that's all there walking, limping, and everything. Take initiative. If you see the donkey in need, take initiative. Now, please don't call each other donkeys. Hey, donkey, you want me to bring you some cold water? Don't say that to your wife or to your husband. That's okay to say it to your kids, but no, no not really. <laughs> That's all messed up. But open the door by taking initiative of helping. Another thing is open the door of happiness with a more gracious and grateful language, speech. Learn to be gracious and grateful. Wow, we're, we're so rough anymore. Before when you first started dating, hey, babe, hey, babe, I'm going to help you. What are you, what are you cooking, babe? Ooh, babe, that smells so good. Beautiful, babe. I can't wait to eat. Hi, baby. What? What is that? That smells great. Good, babe. Can I just help you? you I'm just so thankful for you, babe. Now, now it's. Have you started dinner yet, or what? I'm hungry already. All right. Are we ever gonna eat around here? Oh, you're so gracious. You're so grateful. Oh my God. What's wrong with us? We, we lose our sensitivity. We lose our touch. We lose our finesse. Treat each other with kindness. Treat each other with love. Treat each other with gratitude. Even do that at work. Do that at work. Don't, we, we, we lose just our testimony. Be grateful. Be gracious. Be loving. Proverbs 16, verse 24, it says right there, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. Man, use that kind of language. Like honey, it's sweet. Man, babe, you're so kind. Thank you. I love how you love me. Thank you. You're just so kind. Thank you. It's like 
Our grandkids have been spending the summer there. We got three grandkids in the house. And my wife will go, Richard, thank you so much, dear. And she'll say, you know what, dear, your grandpa is such a good grandpa. He's so nice. Look at how sweet. Look at everything he did. And she points it out. And very honestly, I'm thinking like, wow, I don't even want to do that. He's a grandpa. Man, I want to meet that guy. He's pretty awesome. Because you know what? She's pointing out some things I'm doing right. I'm not used to hearing that all the time. But when you hear it, God, it feels so good. You walk back going, orale. Yeah, baby. You hear what she said? Your grandpa's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Because a blessing and a compliment is so amazing. Who doesn't love gracious and grateful language and speech and just conversation? Who doesn't love hearing? Have you ever caught your husband bragging about you, ladies? Have you ever caught your wife bragging about you, men? You happen to walk up and she's talking to some group of ladies and go, oh my gosh, my husband's so awesome. Do you see what he did for me? Oh my gosh, my wife is so awesome. Do you see what she did for me? Oh my goodness, my kids are so amazing. You know what they did for me? Man, my mom and dad are so awesome. You know what they did for me? Man, you, you feel this sense of pride and like, wow, Lord, I did something right. Use that gracious speech. Use that gra- gratitude, that grateful speech in your household. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Man, he's saying try to understand her the best way you can. You might not understand everybody, everything about her, but you know enough to, to make her happy. You know enough to got her, get her to bury you. Are, are you with me? I really mean it. Says she may be weaker than you are, but she's your equal partner in God. She's your equal partner in God's gift for new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. So he's saying, man, be grateful. Use gratitude. Use gracious words. Make her feel like a queen. Make him feel like a king. Make him want to come home and go, man, my wife loves me. You don't walk through the house. Watch her dinner. Get out of my way. Get my shoes. Like, oh my gosh, who wants to, who wants to welcome that guy home, or who wants to welcome that lady home? Because it's not just the men that act like that, ladies. See, God wants all of us to be gracious, all of us to have a happy home, all of us to treat each other with respect and love and kindness, all of us to be able to pour this out. Sometimes your kids don't want to be around because you act like children. Show your children how to act like adults that care and love each other. And I bring you to the fourth thing. You open the door by responding right to our mess-ups. 
Now, I probably don't need to teach this here because none of you all ever messed up in your homework. I know I have. Haven't you ever just plain messed up? You didn't even try. You just kind of opened your mouth and it came out. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Have you ever done something that you go like, oh man, in my head it looked so awesome and it turned out horrible. Or you've just hurt people. You were hurt, so you hurt. What's the old saying? Hurt people, hurt people. So you're wounded, so you wound them. And they said something that hurt you, so you go, oh, yeah, I know you are, but what am I? I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. I'm going to put you in this place. I'm going to show you the way that you think you're going to say something better than me. Just I'm going to put you in your spot. And then you make a mess out. And it becomes a disaster. And then there's so much tension. And then you're not talking to each other. And then you're not looking at each other. And then you don't even want to be with each other. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, you make me sick just walking in the room. And the one that walked in the room with you, you saw yourself in a mirror. <laughs> Come on, you know I'm telling the truth. Sometimes you see yourself and go, man, I look mad right now. I look mean. No wonder the kids ran out of the house. But all kidding aside, we mess up sometimes, and then we're so proud and so prideful that we can't even say three simple words. I am sorry. Please forgive We don't know how to. So, so look, try to live. By the three R rule. The three R rule is number one, responsibility. Take responsibility for your mess up. Own up to it. Take responsibility. Say, you know what? I did it. I messed up. I said the wrong thing. I was mad and I took a cheap shot and I never should have done that. I really said a hurtful thing and I knew it was going to hurt you. That's why I said it because I was mad. I really didn't mean it. But I meant to hurt you. I was just being a crybaby. So I meant to hurt you, but I really didn't mean what I said. Please forgive me. I am sorry. I own it. I did it. I'm ashamed of it. Please, I didn't mean to do that to you. I take full responsibility. I know you did your part, but I take full responsibility for mine. I'm not going to say, well, I did it because you did that. No, I just blew it. I'm so ashamed. I can't believe I did this. Well, everyone's doing it anyway. You're my leaders, and you're doing it if you're doing it. If you're my parents, and you do it. If you're the leaders in the program, and you're doing it. If you're the leaders in the church, and you're doing it. If you're the leaders in the school and you're doing it, if you're the leaders at work and you're doing it, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know what? Just because the whole world is doing it, that doesn't mean it gives you a green light to do it. So take responsibility. Own it. Say, I'm ashamed. I really blew it. I should not have done that. I sinned. In 1 John 1 verse 9, well, everyone was doing it, God, and you know what? It's like, yeah, you know, we all, no, shut up. Own it. 
Own it, husbands. Own it, wives. Own it, dad. Own it, mom. Own it, son. Own it, daughter. Own it, brother. Own it, sister. Own it. And then the second thing is repentance. Repent of it. The second R is repentance. Have true repentance. Say, you know what? I am so sorry I did this. I don't just want to say I'm sorry. I want to say, please forgive me because I was completely wrong. I repent. What repent means is you make a 180. A 180 is a U-turn. So you were going this way and you go that way. I'm not going that way anymore because I'm going this way. I turn around. I don't do a 360. Some people say a 360. A 360 is a full circle. That means I was messing up that way and I'm going all the way around and I'm going to mess up that way again. So you want to do a 180. You want to do a a half circle, a U-turn. You want to repent. You want to say, I'm so embarrassed and I'm so ashamed. I take full responsibility. I did that. I am so sorry. You know what? Yes, it came out of my mouth. You must have meant it. You know what? At the time I did, because I was hurt, so I wanted to hurt you. I really don't mean what I said. I just wanted to hurt you. And I knew it was going to hurt you. But I really don't mean it. Well, it came out of your mouth because I wanted to hurt you. I was hurt with what you did, so I wanted to hurt you. I was being childish. Please forgive me. I repent. I am so sorry. I am not going to do that again. Will you forgive me? Now, guess what? They might say, no, I don't. Don't get all shook up. You've got to forgive me. I ask you for forgiveness. Just grow up and say, okay, I guess they're not ready to forgive. That's okay. That's now on them and God. You did your part. You did your part. You owned up to it. You took responsibility and you repented. It was true repentance. It brought you to sorrow and you realized Oh my gosh, I really hurt them. I hurt them. Oh my gosh, I'm so ashamed. I can't believe I did that to them. Why did I do that to them? I wounded them. I hurt them. I was so ashamed of what I did. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. Do you hear a dog? (laughs) Forgiveness was given. Man, that's awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome if you really heard bells? God, forgive me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Tell him we'll call him back later. But real repentance. You say, I'm I'm so ashamed I did that. I, I, I took responsibility. And you know what? I I don't know if you can find it in your heart to forgive me, but I hope you can. And if you can't, I understand. But I've got to do what God commanded me to. He told me to ask for forgiveness. I've repented. And then the third R is restitution. Pay back what you could pay back. If you stole the watch, give him back the watch. If you already sold a watch, try to get it back. Don't steal it back or nothing. I mean, but, or, or get them a watch. But if you stole the $200 watch, don't get them a $20 watch. Try to pay back what you took from them. 
if you, you took their dignity, speak life back into life. If you hurt them publicly, then confess it publicly. If you hurt them privately, then go privately to them. Say, you know what, I'm so ashamed, I'm sorry of what I did. I got caught up in the moment, you were being brats, I was a brat, and we both were brats, and it got out of hand. But I'm so sorry, I want to make it right. How can I make it right? How can I make this right? What can I do to help you release from this? What can I do to help you heal from this? What can I do? Stay out of my face. Okay, I'll do that. God bless you. And stay out of their face. No, really. If that's what they need, stay out of their face. Don't go, oh, man, I tried to make up with them. They don't even want to talk to me. They're not ready. And they might never be ready. They might never, ever, ever want to forgive you. That's between them and God now. But don't get all shook up and go, I tried to ask them, but forget them. They don't even want to forgive me. What's wrong with those people? What's wrong is they're wounded because you hurt them really bad, and they're not there yet. So try to do what you can to make things right. And sometimes the best thing to do is to leave them alone. And don't call them a thousand times. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Text them 400 times. I'm sorry already, I'm sorry already. When are you ever gonna forgive me? They might never wanna forgive you, I don't know. But that's gonna be between them and God. Your job is to follow God. He said to Take responsibility, repent of it, and then make things right. So we really need to do that. And, and we need to do that the best way we can. So we need to open up a door with incredible humility and say, you know what? I want humbleness in our home. I want humbleness in our friendship. I want humbleness. I want humility because I want us to be able to admit when we're wrong, and I want us to be able to stand firm when we're right and not gloat about it and have this prideful attitude about it, but to take pride that you're doing it in God's word. And then you need to say, I want to open the door by helping people. I'm going to take the initiative to help. I'm going to take the initiative to do what's right. I'm going to take the initiative to make things right with those people and help them any way I can. I hurt them, now I want to help them. And then... Many gracious, loving, grateful speech. I'm going to say it in a way that's kind and loving and caring. I'm not going to be ugly. I'm not going to be brutal. I'm not going to come down on them. I'm going to be uplifting. I'm going to be caring and loving and just pouring myself out there. Then I'm going to open a door trying to make things right of the mess I made trying to make things right of the mess that I made. God, I've made a mess. I can't believe I did it again. I can't believe I messed up again. It's like, oh my God, I really said I wasn't going to do it, God. I messed up again. Then you know what? Confess your sin because he's faithful to forgive you of your sin. Quit trying to make it right on your own. Quit trying to carry the burden and beat yourself up. Oh, I'm so dumb, I'm so dumb, I'm so dumb. Yes, you're dumb, get over it. Confess your sin, give it to God and move on. Don't be dumb anymore, get back up and go. 
I don't know what's wrong with us. It's just we want to pay this penance. We want to pay this, oh, I got to pay a price. I got to pay a price. Jesus said, I am going to pay the price for you because you can't do it on your own. So I'm going to the cross for you. I'm taking it for you. And we got to understand that. So take responsibility. Say, God, help me, guide me, instruct me. Because I repent. Lord, I want to make things right. So let it start tonight. Let it start right now. Let it start with you and God. First, if you've never given your life to Jesus, start there. Surrender to the Lord. Surrender to God. Quit trying to do it on your own. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want, really want to invite you to do that tonight. And if you want to surrender to the Lord, raise your hand and say, I want to get it right with God. Anyone here that never has, that wants to, you've never accepted Jesus and you want to, anybody? Can you? Yeah? Can someone say yes? Well, praise God. Praise God. So if you said yes, stand with me. I, I, we're going to pray for you. Because this is an amazing day. It's an amazing time. Man, what an amazing decision you're making. So everyone, would you encourage them and pray this prayer? Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I realize I need a Savior. I can't do it on my own. Jesus Christ, forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. Amen. Praise God. Hey, come on up here. I want to give you a hug. If you prayed that prayer, get over here real quick. Pastor Chris has some material he wants to give you. Man, I, I just want to celebrate with you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Goodness gracious, I'm so happy for you, Rita. Praise the Lord. This is a big hug I'm giving you. I love you. Go there. Look, I got something for you. He's got a gift and some stuff we want to give you. Look, right now, some of you are saying, I got Jesus, but man, I sure don't have it all together. Because I'm not humble. I'm arrogant. I walk around. I expect everyone in the house to bow at my feet. I expect my wife to bow. I expect my husband to bow. I expect my kids to bow. I expect my parents to bow. <clears throat> and tonight, God is saying, humble yourself. God is saying, take the initiative and start helping. You haven't been helping us. Your husband carries a load that he doesn't need you. Your wife carries a load she doesn't need you. Your mom or dad carry a load they don't need you. Your children are carrying stuff they don't need you. And tonight you could give that over to the Lord. And say, God, give me gracious and graceful speech. Let me speak to my family the way it'll honor you. I want to do things right. So own up to it tonight. Own up to it.
say, God, I'm going to take full responsibility. I'm going to repent and make things right. So would you stand with us? If, if you want prayer, come on up. We're not going to stay all night, but we want to pray with you. We don't want to rob you of that moment with God. That moment to get reconnected, that moment to empty yourself, get filled with Him again. So if you want prayer, just make your way up. We have people that want to pray with you. Prayer team, get your get, get up here right away. You need to start praying with people and loving on them, ministering to them. They're broken. They're hurting. They, they need prayer. They're coming up because they want it. So just minister to them and encourage them right now. In the name of Jesus. Sing it out with us. Here we go. so much I want to transform your life I love you so much I care about everything about you so right now listen to the voice of Jesus over the voice of the enemy the enemy comes to confuse you he comes to tear you apart from the truth Jesus Christ says I am the way I am the truth and I am the life 
scripture, he said that the truth shall set you free. He said, said whom the Son is set free is free indeed. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive us, Lord, of our sins. Father God, we humble ourselves and we want to live our lives with humility in our household. And Father God, we want to live our life as helpers and not takers, of givers and not just receivers. So help us to help others. Help us to see the need around us. And then God, we really want to be gracious and kind with our speech to say it in a loving and tender way. So show us how to do that. Father God, I pray that we would really be honest and own up to our mess-ups and take responsibility and repent and then do whatever we can to bring the rest of Jesus. So Father, I thank you for your forgiveness. Now teach me how to extend it to others. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord and God's people said amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Give him praise. Say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know if we can sing that part that says, oh, how we love you. Can we jump in right there? someone Jesus loves you let them know on the way out give them a big hug tell them Jesus loves them and so do you God bless you church we love you we will see you Sunday morning at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock God bless you